Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, smoky up here in Ontario. We have uh, some wildfires out in BC that are causing lots of smoke over here. So a little bit smelly, but it's pretty good. Nothing too crazy. Is it from, it's from BC? That's where it's from? Uh, from Quebec. Oh, okay. You said BC. I said BC. BC. Uh, I meant Quebec. Okay. There's, yeah, there's like, wildfire. There's that's wildf- really far for it to go from <laughs> out west across <laughs> across Canada to the, there and yeah. down here. Because we have it here too. We have like the the remnants. We have the air air quality issues. They're canceling kids from having outdoor recess, stuff like that. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. I never knew that was a, such a thing. I guess we don't get wildfires over here very much, right? Like mostly they're kind of West Coast. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, to the fact that I think before I even knew why it was, like it was yesterday morning, me and Benjamin stepped out to walk towards the bus and it was like, you know, I just thought it was fog. I was like, oh, you know, it's a little, it's like this, you know, weird time where the temperature like gets warm. It's like, okay, it's like, and then later on hearing it was that. And then it was like, okay, it was, yeah, it was uh, never, I not my recollection happens down here from, from yeah. all that. So, yeah, crazy. How, uh, how are things, how are things with you? Uh, good. Um, yeah, I think really good. So, um, I had a head of marketing start last week. So last nice. week, congratulations. Um, thanks. Um, so it was a long detailed search, but, a very comprehensive search, not necessarily long by actually, I don't know. I don't think I started it too long ago, but I had a very refined plan and made sure I, that was my top priority every week. So I was like, just making sure yeah. I was, I was keeping the balls moving on all those. So yeah, I made a hire and yeah, she started on, yeah, on, um, on the first of, uh, of June and, okay. um, or about weekend and she's awesome. She's great. Everything is as yeah. advertised, I hope, uh, for her end too. Um, but it's been really good. She's been coming up to speed pretty quick and yeah. very happy. Wow, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. That uh, takes a bunch of things off your plate, right? Starting to. So yeah. uh, it'll take a while. I mean, it'll take a while for full, like, just giving over all the keys. But she's getting mm-hmm. keys. You know, there's yeah. little keys passing over. There's some... Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of planning out what I'm calling, um, I don't know, like uh, task slices of where um, I'm thinking of the end in mind of what are the things she should be owning and what she wants to own. And I mean, all of this was like vetted out in the hiring process anyway, so nothing's mm. a surprise, but yeah, a lot of it is like, can I think of a, a task to give her like a mission mm. <laughs> and also leads to her exploring and asking questions, getting access to tools and data and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that sounds like fun. We'll have to ask you and you know, in a couple months and see how you're doing. Yep. Yep. So doesn't sound like your son is, is a fan of my, uh, my hire, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I know she's just like, it's, it's nap time. Why am I awake? I want to be sleeping. Yeah. I want to yeah. be podcasting. so much more fun Uh, so yeah cool so you had uh you had sent over um 
I don't know, a bit of a podcast late earlier this week. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about some of that stuff or um, if you had something else you wanted to talk about today. Uh, I mean, it was sort of a loaded uh, send for you. I thought it was a really good podcast. So it was um, Heat and Shaw. Uh, I feel like is a kind of a, an, I don't want to, I don't, without insult, like an old hat slash like godfather of sass. Like he's been around forever <laughs> doing this type of stuff. Like I think he's probably similar age as me. So it's like I've known mm. of him for forever. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you know, he's like, you know, the brother in law of Neil Patel. Like, you know, Neil Patel no as well. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, they're, yeah, I think it's like, I forgot who, who, which one married whose sister, but um, <laughs> anyway. So, uh, you know, he's been around and, and I think like he's, he's interesting because he's been around for a long time and he has like a massive following. He was one of these types of people that was like just early on a vocal person in that, yeah. in that space. So, um, but yeah, and he did an interview with, uh, Chris Savage, um, which also is a guy that's been around for a bit. He's the founder and CEO of, uh, Wistia, which is a company I track a lot. I think they do a lot of interesting things, excuse me, because, um, they're, they did an interesting thing a few years ago where they initially took seed investment and then mm -hmm. they actually eventually ended up buying out their investors and becoming like buying out their independence instead of wow. like taking an acquisition. Uh, and they borrowed money to do it and stuff. So it was a very interesting, like in the bootstrap VC sort of a yeah. gray area dichotomy. So, okay. That's really interesting. I, I hadn't really followed Chris at all um, until like, I just heard him on the podcast, but uh, I definitely had heard of Heaton a few times. I think he's kind of made the rounds and he has mm -hmm. some pretty, um, he has some pretty memorable takes on things, which I think is kind of interesting. Just like very opinionated, um, but very different uh, kind of way of looking at things. And I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of like one, one reason why I wanted to send it to you was just, I wanted to get your, your input on or what you thought about some of his quote unquote hot takes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was there like anything in particular that you were kind of like hoping for or like just blanket? No. What'd you get out of it? I mean, you only listened to it like the past couple of days. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but well, you know, you... I've got kids, like let things just flow through my brain like water. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so like, I think the one that I remember the most was just like talking about like roadmaps, um, like not really having a roadmap, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. want to make sure I'm not misquoting him, but, um, kind of that you're, yeah, you're kind of driving as you go almost and like going more from like, can people actually use this? Can people do the jobs that they need to do? Um, and then like kind of related to that, like giving, getting a lot of the engineering team to do um, the product and product management side of things. Um, right. I thought that was very interesting and I can see how that's effective, but I also wonder like, like at what point do you go from there to like project management, like and having those managers and designers and all that stuff. And like kind of, there's gotta be some middle ground there someplace. Yeah, that one I find interesting, mostly because like we don't do it that way now, but I feel like I've aspirationally wanted to do it that way. Mm. And I think like people like you and me and I think other founders uh that are that are technical, I think 
often think that way because we're we're playing all those roles. We're playing the product manager, the product designer, right. and those things. And you know the like the speed advantages you have when you're kind of um, basically there's just there's there's no uh, there's no lag time in between, and it's a shared brain for all those things. So mm-hmm. for good or for bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you know if you are emphasizing for speed um, and consistency, like through the process, then, I mean, it's hard to get better than that same person doing all the things. Yeah. But I guess like the thing is like, I think it's like person dependent. Like, I feel like there are some developers that you can say to them like, okay, like we just want to add this, um, this ability for a user to do this thing. And they intuitively understand like a lot of the design principles that a designer would incorporate. They intuitively understand okay, like this is kind of how much time I can spend on it reasonably um, or like how polished it needs to be. And they can just give you like those, you know, 50 degrees in between if you ask them. Whereas I feel like some other developers really need like, they need the, the full guardrails. Like, you know, give me the spec, give me the like picture of how it has to look. Um, otherwise, right. like, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, they may not enjoy the UI side, right? There's usually developers that I feel like I oftentimes when we we're, we're interviewing, we're like, well, what, what do you, we look for full stack people. Mm. Um, but at least that, I mean, that's enough. It's also like database, front end, middle tier, like object models, all of that stuff. And yeah. then layer in, oh, design and project management and having like thinking in dependency skill sets and thinking of like, like, I, I, I do agree with you. I think it's a very tall order. And I do think, that oftentimes, and maybe they did split out design, but I know like at least product management or did he combine design? I don't remember. I think he had design in there like that. They didn't have design designers or project managers for a while. Okay. I think he said, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty extreme example. I mean, (laughs) it's like, if you think about like, I always had, I wouldn't say, uh, but issues, but challenges with, um, like Basecamp's point of view, because it was always very much, it was similar, but they, I think, had two people. They have like a designer and a developer. Like, so there's at least two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not yeah. necessarily one, one, one person or that the development team also handles all of yeah. those things. They maybe, kind of went in little pods, so. Yeah, and so maybe that also depends on kind of how you have things set up too, right? Like I know some some teams, they have like just a component system and they're like, hey, these are the components we're using, you know, just, lay them out in a reasonable way and like you, it's pretty hard to screw it up like it's like you know if you use like all the tailwind buttons it's like well you can't really like make it too terrible um but if you have something where like they're basically going from scratch then a lot of times yeah the developers don't do quite as good of a job at design and so you probably want you know someone kind of guiding them on that right right i also wonder how much of it is dependent on the current startup that that heaton's working on which i think is oh, like yeah. a I think it's called Nira. It's yeah. interesting because I remember it wasn't that for, like he's been working on this for a long time. Yeah. And um, like, I think it's changed. It's changed a lot over time uh, in terms of who he's focusing on and something like all this stuff. And, and he, he I remember mentioning from a design perspective, he was saying like familiarity, which I agree with. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. If you're used to like a Google interface, like I think you mentioned Gmail's interface a lot. So maybe there isn't a lot of like design creativity. So a lot of it is sort of if you're if they are using a template system like a 
like a, yeah. or a component system, like a tailwind. Plus you're just looking at Gmail as an example, like how much design creativity do you really need? I don't know. Right. I think, I think you're right. Like just, if you just say to the developers, like I want it to look like Gmail and like make me these five features, like most developers can get that done um, right. and make it look pretty good. I think it's just when you have like people trying to go from scratch, that's when developers can, you know, really make something that's really like utility looking, but you know, maybe not so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what else you mentioned opinionated when we're describing mm-hmm. him and um, yeah. Do you think that's, it's funny is like some of the things, and I think Chris Savage in it was like, you know, call them the king of hot takes, call uh, the king of hot takes in it. And he also was saying how, like, he didn't, you know, Chris didn't necessarily agree with everything Heaton said, but it's interesting to hear someone kind of plant their flag and, and make a point and kind of argue yeah. that point, which, which I find interesting, but I don't know why, but there's, there's times I, there's times I find it off putting when the person doesn't have enough, I would say like, nuance and wherewithal mm. in it where they're just like yeah i might come out of the gate like a blog post or a headline or a twitter post like yeah. i believe x and then they say why but then eventually they end up saying like well and here's the here's the places where that doesn't work right like yeah it, it's good to come out of the gate with something because you're not going to get attention with nuance you're going to have attention said hey maybe such and such like okay yeah, yeah. what's your opinion, right? <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I think it's, it just helps dialogue, right? Like when you have like to, to generate dialogue, when you have a very um, like, this is where I stand. And like, this is kind of why um, then people are willing to disagree with you. Right. Um, and I think that's, I think that's helpful in a lot of ways. Um, Cause you're right. Like if you just come at it with the, the middle of the road opinion, then it's, you know, nobody cares. And maybe that's um, yeah. But I think the thing is that, the person who is more middle of the road and nuanced is the person who is probably going to be a better manager uh, in some respects um, because they're more willing to um, discover the nuance and all of that. Um, But I think he was also very willing to take feedback and incorporate that. Like there's a number of things where they kind of went back and forth on it. Um, One other thing that he kind of went into that I thought was really interesting was um, they didn't have their current product. They don't have any support docs. So like no public support site. And, uh, and, and no support people too, right? Didn't he say that too? I, I forget if there were support people or not. I think his point was just like that. You're not going to get the customer to go sift through a whole pile of documentation to figure out the solution to the problem. You're going to get the team to learn about that problem and like make it so it's not a problem anymore. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know, know if that's I... maybe like, <laughs> that's like maybe pie in the sky. <laughs> I could see, yeah, and I could see someone, and I think probably, again, it's like without listening again, or maybe if there were other follow-up questions on it that that didn't get asked or something like that, but I can see that taking that as a, like, yeah, like a a flagpole thing to start with, and then it's Mm. just like, okay, it's good to, like, aspirationally point that direction, and it's like, let's try to make the UI and the interface and all these things so good that you don't need a knowledge base, right? That you just know where things are, or at least within like two guesses of a click, or you start to easily understand the architecture. Again, like if you're familiar with Gmail, you should be able to be familiar with this type of thing. Yeah. Um, I can see the point, but there's still things I search for in Gmail, right? There's like, it's not worth trying to click and, and try to 
wayfind your way through everything. And sometimes mm. it is easier to just like ask it. And and that's what I think the, especially our docs, like we put the frequently asked questions, even if it's stuff that's very obvious or there might be other details like yeah. rights. Like for example, here's good permissions and rights on things. Yeah. Um, like what is a manager role or what is an admin mm-hmm. role? What can, what is a support role? Like in terms of, creating a user, like what can they actually access? And you don't want to have a screen that has that all baked into the code. And Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can kind of see it. Like, like the way I see it is that the, the doing the support, like no support docs is kind of a way to force people to give you feedback in a way, right. Cause you have to serve them and you have to like, they're going to complain. Um, And I think maybe as a way of turning down the volume, if you're going to get, you know, 5 million people starting to open up your intercom because they don't know how to do something like that's not sustainable. So maybe turn down the volume by, you know, making your support docs. Um, but I do see that as like a very useful way of discovering like what's causing issues in your, your system, like what's making it difficult for your users because like your permissions example, um, like I've done software where I've put like just a little info box beside the permissions and like people will often refer to that because it's at the time of setting the permissions that mm-hmm. they're like, what is this actually going to do? And like, they will actually read the stuff that's right there. And sure. It's a little True. bit annoying to maintain that in the code base instead of in like a doc site with a CMS. Um, but I think like, yeah, you can find ways to make that easier too. Right. 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 And I think some of it is the the roles, right? Like, so I, I'm pretty sure he did say that there aren't like support people and that, you know, the devs do support the mm. thing. So essentially, if you're in a very tight cycle of like continuous integration and all of these types of things, then that might be the fastest way to solve it is like, okay, yeah, I'm going to put a little info thing here, a little hover over info thing and just update it right there. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Thing, which, you know, puts it in the hands of that person. Because in another org with a support person, like, I put in a dev request. It gets to need to be yeah. approved by the product manager and all these other things yeah. to get through uh, to the next dev cycle. And it could get bumped by something else. Who knows? And in the meantime, me as the support person, I'm fielding the fire of those 50 questions that come in every day off that, that thing that isn't, isn't working right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like when I, I, a uh, previous job, we had a really small team for a while. I think there was just uh there's like four of us or something on the team. And it was like, I was the dev, there was a support person, there's a salesperson. And I think there's a manager or something, but um, the support person worked directly across the the partition from me. And so she would come to me on lunch break and say, here are like five things that are really bothering people this week. Like if you please, please, please could just fix this one thing. Like it would make my life a million times better. And because mm-hmm. it's a small team, we just did that. It's like, oh, I can save her time so she can work on documentation. Perfect. Like that's a win for everybody. Um, whereas if you have like those multiple layers, right, it just takes so much longer. Right. Right. So, so yeah, that, so I know we talked about two main things. One is about the actual contents of the, of the podcast. And my other mm. secret underlying question was more about this, like this, you know, strongly opinionated person. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, one question I have for you is, am I that opinionated? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you come out of the gate with strong opinions too. Um, but I think usually you kind of walk back from them. 
um, you know, to kind of give some nuance to it. And I think that's a lot of what we do here on the podcast, right? Is it's like, here's a, here's a, uh, kind of out there, um, flag pull idea that someone's got, you know, let's try and pull it apart and try to understand it. And I think that's where, <clears throat> I think that's where, um, maybe you're a little bit different than Heaton is that Heaton does like is willing. It sounds like he's willing to have dialogue about, you know, what's different and that sort of thing, but it sounds like you really seek it. Um, and really like try to understand it. I think that's, uh, yeah, like that's a good thing to do. Okay. I'm just wondering, cause like, again, I don't hear my, I hear myself from my own perspective. <laughs> um, I see my brain from my own perspective, but at the same time, like there's, there are definitely people out there. And I think Keaton was a good example. Cause I felt like he had opinions, but he was willing to talk about them, but, mm -hmm. um, but on a scale, if I was to say like a scale of one to 10, where someone is, as a 10 is very opinionated and basically feels like they're never wrong and doesn't want to. And, and just like kind of almost if you if you're if you're against their thing, they're not willing to hear it. Like they've mm. made their, their mind and that's the yeah. hill to die on. Right. That's yeah, usually yeah. we hear people. This is my hill to die on type of stuff. Right. Yeah. I don't think he's a 10. I think he's like a he's like a seven and a half or eight he might start there but then he like can't, can't yeah. walk down and but oftentimes i'll hear other people and those are the people that i get the most i, I would say uh if, I, if i'm listening to a podcast or someone on twitter or those other types of things those are the ones where i'm like where i just feel like they make a statement and then they're just basically they hunker down into defensive position <laughs> and yeah. they're just like not they're not they want to talk they basically hunker down they put their fists up so as soon as anyone says anything that's like hey have you thought of this it's just like no you're stupid you're you know and they're just like throwing yeah. a punch type of thing um and that's off-putting to me um and those are the people that i view as like a 10 and it, what's funny is some characters you'll beat them in person and it's a totally different thing but like on social media it yeah. might be one thing um oftentimes on a podcast it depends um but I'm just, yeah. I was just had me wondering, cause I feel like I am a one that has strong opinions, but, um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I think there's a difference between having strong opinions and being willing to talk about them and be persuaded otherwise. Right. Um, you know, to, to clearly state what you believe and give good reasons why, and, you know, kind of put that out there. I think that's one thing, but, um, yeah, no, I think that's a lot of fun that we do here on the podcast is kind of pulling things apart like that. And, figuring that all out. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, so that was just my worry. It was one of these self checks, which I'm like, I sound like that. I was yeah. like, I'm fine with how he sounds and I enjoy listening to his stuff, but there were, again, not everything I agreed with, but it was probably a little more aggressive than I think I am, but I wanted to know where, where you thought I was. So. Mm -hmm. Well, if we could switch gears for a second here. Yeah. Um, if I look at your bookshelf back there, you have a lot of books on your bookshelf and they all look very pretty. So do you, <laughs> do you read many books and do you have many books that you've, a book or two that you've read recently that, uh, that has been interesting to you? Um, so not, not one on the bookshelf, but there is one I am reading right now that almost plays into almost a similar trend for this conversation, which is, um, <laughs> it's called, uh, forget the funnel. Okay. Um, it's, uh, by Claire Susrub something I forgot, but she's making the podcast rounds right now. I think 
she's known in like these SaaS marketing kind okay. of in startupy circles a bit. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but she might be the person that started. Um, was it one of the founders of User List with Jane and uh, Benedict? Okay. Um, Interesting. And um, it's it's a good it's it's good. I, I think I bought it for like the Kindle, and I synced it to my my little reading and writing device. Um, mm-hmm. But it's good. I'm I'm like halfway through. It's very it's similar in style to like a. Uh, like obviously awesome, mm-hmm. um, you know, April Dunford's book, like it's like a workbook type of thing. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I, it was one of these things where I hate her title and I hate her, <laughs> like her, uh, cause it's called forget the funnel. Right. And yeah. it's just like, I believe funnels exist. Yeah. And I believe like in terms of, but there are, there is a, I think I feel like again, there's a group that is out there making like a statement. They there's one that's called like I think flip the funnel and forget the funnel, but I get it. It's sort of like you know, uh drift saying no forms, right? It's like a, a firebrand statement going out there okay. in the marketing world, uh, where people say like SEO is dead, no forms, like all these things uh, where there's nuance to it, but someone's trying to make a point that it's not everything it's cracked up to be. Sure. Um because I was going to say, challenges like, with that. So, <laughs> yeah, like funnels seem like a pretty useful thing, especially when you're trying to figure out like ROI on different marketing things. Right. So, I mean, her point is more on like the research and listening to customers and a little more jobs to be done esque stuff. So, mm. it's not, it's, it's actually very, it's very well done. She has like a process and, and it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's a well done, um, book and concepts. So it's like, I agree with everyone. If I read her stuff aside from the title, I'm in agreement with her and I think it's a good process. So, um, so that, that's one of those things that recently I've been reading. Um, but aside from that on the book shelf, obviously there, a lot of them are just acquired over years. And then, um, I think, you know, I don't, I don't read a ton of books. I might read like three or four a year. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Fiction or nonfiction, honestly. Sure, yeah. um, but uh, and and I'm I'm very choosy about them um, in terms of. I know there's people that like to just like kind of acquire books and yes. not even often finish <laughs> them, but often and there are people that just love to read to consume um, their knowledge. Like I, if anything, you know, my biggest area of consumption is 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 podcasts so that's like Mm. i feel like it's a little closer to the conversation closer to the nuance and context Mm. because i feel like the once you write a book it's like you're kind of writing at a very you have to make it very defensible and you're making it Mm -hmm. very clear and um yeah so i and it also is like dated for that time so it's not like they can update it unless they're doing a new 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 version of it but for the most part like i um that's kind of how I see the books. So very cool, very cool. How about you? Any any books you, you've been picking up? I know you often ask for recommendations every once in a while. Too, mm-hmm. so. That's that's part of my my insider <laughs> reason for asking you about the books you've been reading. Um, okay. Yeah, I've been trying to do this year. My goal from January was to read one book per month, and ah. so I'm keeping on with that. And um, right now, I'm reading Critical Conversations. Um, it's really about, um, yeah, when you have like a really difficult conversation that you're going to have with somebody, how to 
not have that go sideways and like how to have like good dialogue and, you know, make it so people feel safe talking and all of those sorts of things. Um, nice. So very applicable. Um, kind of is it like for a business sense or in general is it just a general like conflict resolution and conflict discussion type of book it's like it's broadly applicable a lot of the examples in the book are from business settings um because i think there's a lot more conflict there it's a lot easier for it um but then it also has like relationship based stuff too it's kind of broadly applicable um yeah yeah okay cool so that's so what your, I've been. Your queue uh, is running dry. Is that why? Also, after this one, you don't have a, a July books lined up yet. Oh no, I've got a few more in my in my list. <laughs> okay. I I just uh, yeah, I keep looking for part of my idea with this book per month is that next year I will listen to ten of the same books and pick two new ones. And the the reason being that, as you saw with this podcast episode, you know things fall out of my brain fairly quickly, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and hopefully the books that I pick are worth listening to a second time. So, um, oh, all of these are audio as well. Yes, I, I pick, pick audio books mm, because okay. then I can walk at the same time, and that's good okay. for me because I sit all day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's the, where I do the podcast stuff. I don't really do audio books. Okay. I like to read. I like those are the if I am going to do a book, it is like to sit and read, and oftentimes the good ones I end up rereading and I, mm. I feel like I can be more intentional about absorbing them because mm. oftentimes if I'm not reading as often I might reread the same chapter like twice because I'm like wait <laughs> where was I just to get myself warmed up to go yeah. to, the, to the, the the third chapter I might reread that second chapter and I, then I might have done it twice so I might get like four reads out of chapter two it's <laughs> <So. laughs> great it's good bang for your buck there you go so <laughs> Uh, I would actually, if you were going to have a, another reread, the one I, mm. I know I've recommended to you before and you've read it, which was that um, Extreme Revenue Growth, I'd have you read that again. Mm. Okay. So, um, All right. I'll uh, add that to my list. I haven't read, I think I read that one last year or something like that. So yeah, that'd be a good one. Okay. Yeah. There's Noted. ones like that, that I probably read like half a dozen times where it's like, I probably should mark myself to read that annually because um it's just it's like a level level setting reminder of kind of certain like business fundamentals i think so yeah yeah no it's always the simple things that you forget eh? yeah yep definitely yep. so cool. cool all right man we'll, we'll see you around up. talk to you later bye bye hey thanks for joining us today if you want to chat with us we're on twitter I'm at Nate Bosher and Josh is at J logic. If you're a new listener, uh, check out some of our most popular episodes, episode 52, seven years to 22 MRR and zombie startups or episode 30 review sites are a necessary evil and hacks to get around them. Thanks again.